Welcome back, everybody, to the third installment of Duval Till We Pod. My name is Daniel Griffiths. With me is JC, and we are also joined by special guest, Kentucky beat writer from 24-7 Sports, Aaron Gershon. Aaron, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. All right. JC, you want to go ahead and get us rolling? Yeah, I'm going to get things rolling because uh, as a high school football coach, I am a gigantic O-line freak. Uh, it's basically what I coach. Uh, I coach tight ends at the high school that I'm at, which the, with us is a basically an O-lineman gets to wear a cool jersey number because uh, we don't throw the ball to them. Uh, <laughs> so I, I tell my tight ends all the time that they are basically uh, Red Skull from in-game. They just lead others to a treasure they will never possess. Uh, so my question is, um, you know, Kentucky's offensive line was phenomenal in 2021. You know, Saturday down south rated them an A-minus for the season, rated them as uh, the, the highest-rated position group on the entire team. And I think you saw that in the draft that just passed by. You know, Luke Fortner goes in the third round. Uh, Darian Kennard gets drafted. Dare Rosenthal, who I know well, being a Louisiana mm -hmm. guy, um, also gets a chance to go to the NFL. Uh, you were a fi uh, finalist for the Joe Moore Award, which goes out to the best offensive line in the country. Uh, so my question is just like – and it might be an obvious one – just how much – did that offensive line mean to the to the success Kentucky had in 2021? Well, really, it's meant everything to the turnaround of the program. I mean, since 2018, or they've been in a bowl game the last six years. They've won four in a row, uh, two 10-win seasons in the last four, and the strength of the team every year is the offensive line. And it started uh, with offensive line coach John Schlarman, who's a U.K. graduate, played here, went and coached at Troy for a stint and came back and he kind of built the foundation and he actually uh, tragically passed away from cancer in 2020. But uh, the offensive line has really been a legacy for the last couple of years. You look at, uh, you mentioned the draft, Kentucky obviously had two and one we'll touch on here uh, uh, in this draft, but they've had every year since, uh, let's say you had Logan Stenberg in 2020. Uh, the 2021 draft is slipping my mind because I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure. I know they had six draft picks that year. Uh, trying to think if an offensive lineman was in that mix. But uh, then going back to 2019, Bunchy Stallings, who actually signed with the Jaguars uh, briefly, was an All-American. So uh, the offensive line has been really the the driving force in what's kind of helped turn this program around. And um, you obviously last year they don't win 10 games without it. But even you look at some of the years ahead of that, 2019, where – uh, they were down. They lost Terry Wilson, the starting quarterback, second week of the year. They lost the backup quarterback two weeks later, and they were playing with a makeshift, a makeshift wide receiver at quarterback, and they ran the ball almost every play, but the offensive line held up, and that allowed them to win eight games. So uh, the offensive line has been everything at Kentucky the last couple of years. Yeah, and, and it's a great sign, obviously. Anytime your position coach gets swiped by Nick Saban to go work mm -hmm. at Alabama like Eric Wolford did, uh, you must be doing something right at that position if uh, Saban, who seems like every year just – if he adds to his staff, it's always either a guy who either balled out at his latest – at his last stop or it's a reclamation project of, you know, Doug Marone, Bill O'Brien. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Eric Wolford spends uh, just one season at Kentucky and then that's, that's all Nick Saban needed to see and, and, and now he's in Tuscaloosa. Exactly. And it does speak volumes. And I know uh, that <laughs> that hire actually was sour at the end because he was recruiting for Alabama while he was still under a Kentucky contract. So it didn't end well here. But uh, yeah, it does speak volumes of what he was able to do and kind of, you know, pass the torch. He obviously had the challenge of taking over for Schlarman, who 
literally held the position until he passed away in the middle of the 2020 season. So, uh, and now you have Zach Yenzer, uh, who was a GA under Sean Nick Troy, uh, Kentucky Raised, who was the assistant offense line coach for the 49ers. Uh, he's kind of now taken over that role. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about Luke Fortner here, but the new offense line coach, Yenzer, was telling us how, how many good conversations he's had with Luke Fortner this offseason as he kind of adapts and learns the culture uh, of the offensive line. They call themselves the big blue wall. And if you're going to have a name like that, uh, you, you better live up to it. And, you know, they've been Joe Moore Award finalists almost every year the last four or five. And getting into Fortner, I know he received, you know, several accolades for his character and academics as well. Uh, you know, and it's imperative for centers to be really cerebral. Um, you know, can you can you get into to what kind of person the Jaguars drafted and how is he someone the locker room can really rally behind in Jacksonville? Uh, just a first-class individual. I mean, every time I've talked with him, every time he had a presser, just before uh, Kentucky's pro day. So, uh, you know, a couple weeks before the draft and he was just so genuinely excited, but, uh, you know, focused as ever. He didn't, you know, t take any of the bites with questions like, who's it going well with? He was just made it clear, anyone who talks to him that goes well, all that stuff. But uh, you mentioned he's <laughs> he's smart as that. Gave me a mechanical engineering degree, a master's degree in aerospace. I mean, this is a guy who's extremely smart and on the football field, uh, that let him pick up the center position because he didn't start playing center until his senior season last year, super senior season, I should say, because he did opt to come back uh, with the COVID blanket waiver there. So he was at guard um, from 2018 to 2020. He started uh, all but two games during that, those stretches, which included that 2013 year I mentioned that um, they ran the ball almost every play and he was playing at guard. Uh, I want to say he was at left guard. It might've been right, but yeah, he moved around at the guards positions. And then uh, when Drake Jackson, who actually was a guy we expected to get drafted, just didn't happen. And he's now back at Kentucky as a GA, but a former first team all SEC, believe he was a third team all American center, you know, graduated and decided not to come back with the waiver after the 2020 year. Uh, instead of, you know, trying one of the younger players at center, they just simply moved Fortner over. And, I mean, he was incredible. And part of that, part of the reason he was able to do it is because he has such a good attitude and he's so he's so smart. So uh, really impressive kid. I really enjoyed covering him. And, uh, you know, Kentucky's kind of taking the same approach now with replacing him where they're moving uh, Eli Cox, who's a midseason All-American last year, to, uh, from guard to center. And to give uh, Fortner even more praise, you know, I, I know he's a, a 2021 team captain, uh, yep. second team academic All-American, five-time member of the SEC academic honor roll. Uh, and he was also inducted into Kentucky's Society of, uh, of Character, as well as the, the, uh, the bachelors and, and two masters. Uh, yeah. And in engineering, no less. I know that. I mean, yeah. you know, my, my dad and sisters are both engineers, so I, uh, I yeah. understand the, the difficulty of doing that. I can't even imagine doing that with <laughs> football. Right. Um, so that's that's you know testament to to both his intellect and and dedication to to both his academics and, and uh, you know athletic career. That's exactly right, and that's what made him such a you know such a guy that just had respect of everyone. Uh, in the locker room that I talked to every coach just you know singing his praises and uh, he was a role model for younger players and like I said the reason that uh, right now Eli Cox who's a junior uh, is moving from guard to center is because he watched Luke Fortner do it and he saw how Luke Fortner was able to make that transition and he talks to Luke Fortner on a daily basis so this is a guy who not only was able to take care of himself 
uh, with his degrees, you know, as a football player was, I mean, second time, second team, all SEC uh, for a couple, um, couple of the sites and a couple of the uh, award people that hand him out. And um, he was able to do all that while being an excellent teammate, a leader. And he kind of, he really is one of those guys who left the program in a better spot when uh, he walked out the door and uh, just, just an unbelievable impact maker uh, and a huge reason. He's going to be a massive loss for Kentucky, but uh, that just speaks volumes of what he could bring to the NFL. And that's why he was picked as high as he was. Yeah, so Aaron, uh, you know, my next question might seem like, again, totally obvious, but uh, as Daniel can back me up, I had two main big draft crushes in this class. Uh, on defense, it was Damone Clark from LSU, mm -hmm. who, if not for the surgery guaranteeing yep. he'll miss the season, would have been a second-round pick. Uh, he, I think he's better than N'Kobe Dean, even though people think I'm nuts. He had much better stats. Um but my offensive draft crust was Luke Fortner because I just yeah. – I'm, I'm an O-line guy. You know, I, I love – no offense in history goes anywhere without a great O-line. Um, so, what would you say is just kind of what, – what did Luke mean to the Kentucky program and what's his legacy leaving Kentucky? Uh, first, I mean, the versatility is what stands out the most. Like I said, he, he selfless and versatile. I mean, to start uh, his career, you know – he was so patient. He came in in 2016. So we're talking six years ago now, uh, obviously redshirted. And that was, you know, before the rule where even if you did redshirt, you could play four games. So uh, he was patient there. Then as a freshman, our redshirt freshman in 17, um, he played in eight games, but he didn't make a start. So he stayed patient. And then in 2018, uh, he finally kind of broke into that uh, starting lineup when an injury occurred. So he was able to get in there and guard. And that was a season where Kentucky won 10 games. And Benny Snell broke the all-time leading rushing record at Kentucky. And I believe uh, that was the year he might have set the single season mark, too. So he was a big part of why uh, they were so able to have so much success in the running game. And they had another rusher in A.J. Rose, who uh, had close to 600 yards that year. And then the next year, I mean, that 2019 season, I think, was the most impressive for all of Kentucky's offense linemen. Uh, Luke Fortner included in that. Uh, also want to, you know, give credit to Landon Young, who's a six-round pick of the Saints last year. Um, and some of the other guys on that line, but Luke Fortner, I, I don't, I mean, other than when they were blowing teams out, you know, UT Martins of the world, I, I don't know if he missed a snap uh, during that 2019 season. And like I said, I mean, they ran the ball. When I say they ran the ball every play, uh, I think there was one game, I forget if it was who they played. It might have, it was Vanderbilt, someone they'd be pretty good. I, and I think they threw the ball three times the entire game. I mean, they were running the ball, and that takes a lot of stamina uh, for those big guys who are weighing 300 plus pounds at six foot six. And he didn't have a single missed assignment. He only allowed one sack and had one penalty, and he played 646 plays in a 13 game season with the Bulls. So uh, just uh, unbelievable uh, stamina and versatility, being so reliable. Uh, obviously, the COVID season, he was able to uh, stay healthy through that, though I, he did ha uh, miss a start. Uh, due to COVID, which if it weren't for that, if it weren't for that positive test, he would have, you know, finished his career with a, you know, at 11 games at the end of 2018, uh, all 13 starting assignments in 19, and he wouldn't have missed the start his last four seasons. So, and then last year, like I said, moving to center. So uh, just, un he's just a selfless guy, uh, dependable and um, extre extremely smart. And I, I think that's just, that that's what the NFL needs. You need to be in the NFL. 
Well, is versatile. You need to be able to play those spots and uh, playing <laughs> to be a versatile center. Uh, you know, that's a weapon in any offense, especially in a team that really is working to rebuild that offensive line and, you know, have guys that, you know, a franchise caliber quarterback like Trevor Lawrence and who should be and I think will be a special talent can rely on on every snap. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you know, that the versatility and the Jaguars have already said that they're going to, they plan on working him out at the left guard center and right guard. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you also mentioned, uh, you know, that ability to the durability and ability to stay healthy. And that's, that's something that unfortunately JC and I have uh, a lot of experience with because the guy that the Jaguars are hoping that Fortner could replace Brandon Linder has had yep. some issues staying healthy recently. And a lot of people don't understand how difficult, and grueling it is on the offensive line to stay healthy and the defensive line for that matter. Uh, you got a lot of big bodies moving really quickly. Uh, it's, it, it puts a lot of, a lot of uh, pressure on, on, especially your legs, uh, your, your knees, you gotta, you know, that's why they wear, you know, the, the knee braces, pretty much all offensive yep. linemen wear knee braces, regardless if they have an injury or, or whatnot. But uh, you know, that, that is, I, I think he played uh, like 36 consecutive starts or something. I don't know if that's with the COVID. That's without, uh, so it would have been, yeah, it would have been a, uh, even higher. If he had. Uh, uh, so that's, yeah, he played in 55 games. That's, that's, yeah. ridiculous. that's over four full seasons of football. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, the Jaguars are definitely getting an experienced guy, which is something that they need, especially on a team that, that uh, you know, is for the most part pretty young. Um, you know, he's still going to be a rookie, but he's going to be entering, you know, I, I think he's a little bit older. I believe he's 24 yes. and change. That's correct. Um, yep. But w what do you see for Fortner going forward? Do you, do you think he's a guy that can compete for a starting job in the NFL right away? Or do you think he's more maybe of a, of a role player who can maybe start down the road? Oh, I, I think he's a plug-and-play guy. I really do, especially uh, given the fact he wasn't just a third-round pick. He was the very first pick of the third round. And uh, when you're a team like Jacksonville, in my opinion, you want to – obviously, you, you don't want to rush guys, but if you really – if you have that injury at center with Linder, if he can't be on the field, I, I think Luke Fortner absolutely is a dependable option that can be a plug-and-play guy right away. Obviously, you know, he'll need the time, and I'm sure he's already – knowing him, he – probably was like that I forget the the pick from Florida Elam who uh, asked for the playbook on the plane on the way to Buffalo he's that type of guy I sh I'm sure it was the same sort of thing with him Linder uh, did um, retire he did retire uh, so there you go yeah, so uh, we're open it's him and uh, the incumbent Shatley yeah so no he's a guy who's gonna want that job and he's gonna do everything it takes uh, to get that job and I think where you have a coach like Doug Peterson who you know, his five years in Philadelphia when, and, of course, winning a Super Bowl, uh, they don't win the – I don't know how many games they win without Jason Kelsey at center. I mean, he's as dependable, as smart as it gets. And, honestly, uh, there's a lot – maybe not the personality, but there's a lot uh, of, of Jason Kelsey and Luke Fortner, not from a size uh, necessarily – not just physically or, like I said, um, personality-wise, but just the dependable – uh, tough, smart players that those two guys are, uh, there's a lot of that in there. And I, that's why when I saw it was Jacksonville that took him, I thought, you know, Doug Peterson was thinking, Jason Kelsey, I got to have a center uh, that I can rely on. I got to have a guy that can be my center for 10 years. And I truly, like, not just because I covered Kentucky, nothing uh, biased or anything like that. I truly think uh, if anyone uh, from this Kentucky draft class, and this uh, also you had Wondell Robinson, who happened to get selected by the Giants are my favorite team. And you had um, uh, Josh Pascal, who's an amazing kid as well. He whooped Florida's ass. Yeah, he did it <laughs> a couple times. And cancer survivor, I mean, just awesome kid, off the charts, awesome kid. Uh, 
going to Detroit, I truly believe that Luke Fortner is going to have the best NFL career of the group. I really do. Yeah, I think I think we're, he's one of those guys that you're going to, you know, he'll probably never be like a, you know, stud center that, no. you know, like Pro Bowl, whatever. But I, I think he can definitely be a guy that can play for you for, you know, seven, ten years. And you look back and like, hey, this guy's like I had, had a pretty good NFL career. Um, and that's what's so hard to find in the NFL. I mean, you, you guys obviously are covering a rebuilding team, and I root for a rebuilding team. And forever um, rebuilding. Offensive line, the offensive line is what made it. It makes it so hard. And you look at even you look at the, at the Texans, you look at um, the Jets, you look at these teams who are rebuilding, and the common theme is their offensive line hasn't been good. And uh, I, I don't know if Luke Fortner is ever going to be a Jason Kelsey for Doug Peterson, where he's an All Pro and he's a Pro Bowler. Uh, but I can tell you he'll be on the field, you know, unless he tears his ACL or something. Uh, he's going to tough out anything. He's going to be on the field. He's going to be dependable. And he's not going to – he's just not going to hurt your football team when he's on it. Because, I mean, this is, we're talking about a guy who I think his whole college career might have had two or three penalties. Uh, he ha- he allowed one sack his entire college career. I mean, he, he's just as reliable as it gets. Yeah, and and Aaron, you mentioned it. Like I, I think, uh, and I've told Daniel this before. Like when we when we drafted Luke Fortner, I mean that just screamed Doug Peterson pick. Yep. You know, it, it screamed like you know because I know I know Doug Peterson like personally. I know him when I was younger, and I just like he's always valued the offensive line. And um, you know, when you get a guy like Luke Fortner who played O line in the toughest conference that it is to play O line in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that just screamed Doug Peterson. And I feel like, you know, we went with – a lot of people believe that Tra- uh, Travon Walker was who Balk, Trent Balky, our general manager, wanted at one. And then he trades up for the best linebacker in the draft to many people in Devin Lloyd. Agreed and it felt that. like finally with the third pick, Doug had a lot of say and, and really got his guy. Uh, a position that, you know, the casual fan maybe doesn't think is very sexy. Um, but people that really know ball know how important that interior offensive line is. And to get who – a guy who I thought was the best center in the draft, um, you know, early in that third round. When Obviously, anybody that goes first pick of the third round, you know, could easily have been a second-round pick. I mean, Cole Strange went in the first round. And, <laughs> yeah. and Cole Strange is a really good football player. Um, sure. You know, and probably should have been a top 50 pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know – Luke Fortner is a guy who easily could have gone much earlier, and we were very fortunate to get him to fall to us. But uh, I agree, it's just – it screamed a Doug Peterson pick. I mean, I think that was the, probably a guy he was banging the table for. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, as a – like I said, I'm a Giants fan, so watch plenty of the Eagles and um, always respected their offensive line. I mean, whether you're talking Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters, um, I'm blanking on a name right now, but Lance Lane Johnson, Johnson, Lane Johnson. Yeah. yeah, that's who I was thinking. So they, they're always they're even this year without Doug Peterson. I mean, it was mainly the offensive line he put together, uh, but they were only able to make the playoffs because they ran the ball so well behind that offensive line. So uh, I, I do think that was a Doug Peterson pick. Um, I really thought actually when I was looking at uh, the possibilities for Luke Fortner, um, obviously Cincinnati was a team that came up given uh, their, they needed a center and that obviously the proximity and I knew that he had some pre-draft meetings with them and um, they were all over the Kentucky offensive linemen at the pro day and all that. But uh, Jacksonville was a team I kept coming back to just given that um, I knew Doug Peterson was going to get a center in this draft. I, I thought, like you mentioned, Cole Strange maybe, uh, but 
you just knew there was going to be a center taken and he couldn't have gotten a better one in my, in my opinion. And uh, I actually saw Cole Strange play because they were at Kentucky, but he was playing guard and I don't think he played any center until the, until the uh, senior bowl. So, you know, you're getting a guy in Luke Fortner who, like you said, uh, is battle battle tested at that position and at both guard spots, uh, both guard spots at the, in the toughest level of college football. Yeah, and I think I think him playing in the SEC makes it a lot easier for some Jaguars fans mm-hmm. to digest, uh, you know, uh, especially with, you know, us coming off of a, of a, you know, pretty abysmal season or a couple of seasons, you know, it, it does help ease the mind a little bit that, hey, you're getting a, a, a you know, SEC um, you know, meat and potatoes center, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the guy, guy that has faced some of the best talent in, in football, um, whether it's Trayvon Walker, Jordan Davis, you know, you name them, you know, the SEC has them. Uh, You're right, yeah. And, and I think it, you know, it's also a testament to, to what the Jaguars philosophy has been the last, you know, year and a half or so. They, they've invested a lot in that offensive line. They, they re-signed Cam Robinson after his uh, franchise tag. Um, they drafted Walker Little, who was a little bit of a project last year. Uh, a lot of bit of a, of a Balky pick. That screams Balky. You know, Walker Little's a, um, you know, freak of nature left tackle. Um, and they also uh, signed Brandon Scherf in, in, uh, in free agency. So you're looking, you're looking at an offensive line right now where you got, uh, you know, you got some answers at some positions. And Luke Fortner only, only helps to solidify that offensive line, whether he's playing left guard, because that's another position that, you know, is uncertain. It, it's going to likely be between Fortner and Ben Barch. And then center is going to be uh, between Barch and, or, I'm sorry, uh, Fortner and Tyler Shatley. Uh, so I, I think the Jaguars – uh, have a remotely good plan in, in place for the offensive line. Hopefully that helps out Trevor Lawrence like it did uh, the Kentucky offense last year. You guys were rolling. Uh, Rodriguez and, and uh, Wanda Robinson, and, and uh, you got a quarterback that's looking to go uh, pretty early next year. Uh, you know, hopefully hopefully the Kentucky offensive line can keep going after after losing three, you know. Uh, three starters. Three cog, yeah, three cogs in that line, you know, but uh, – Hopefully, hopefully, what Fortner and the other guys did for you know your your other playmakers on offense, they can do for your your new guys starting on on your your offensive line in twenty twenty two. Yeah, and I think they'll. I think it'll. It's going to be tough. Those are three, you know, three tough guys to replace. But Kentucky has so much depth, a lot of four star talent, a lot of guys who have even played in some some games, have some experience under the belt. And I think uh, I think they'll be all right. But Luke Fortner is a guy who has been in the building all offseason at Kentucky. Obviously, now he'll head down, head down to North Florida there. But um, he's been around them. And, you know, every time we've had interviews during spring practice season with those guys like Eli Cox, who's making the same transition Fortner did, or Kenneth Horsey, who's kind of the oldest, the old head in the room now at offensive guard, I mean – it's all Luke Fortner t- taught me this. Luke Fortner taught Luke Fortner taught me that. So uh, he's a guy who definitely will he'll he'll, he'll succeed. And uh, you know, I think Jacksonville kind of their biggest strength of, when you look at depth at least is running back, and uh, they have such a promising quarterback. And so that's a great start. And um, if the offense line's better, they're already going to run the ball and move the ball better. So uh, Luke Fortner makes any team he's on better, and uh, especially with a coach like Doug Peterson, will know uh, where to plug him in and uh, get him to succeed right away. 
Yeah, and I, and I imagine uh, you, you know Fortner's not going to be somebody that uh, that's that's going to be shying away from Lexington, Kentucky. I imagine you'll probably see him, uh, you know, around quite a bit. In the coming, I'm sure we'll see him years. whenever. Yeah, whenever Jacksonville's on a buy, if it if it's you know now you got the buys all the way in December now, but uh, usually the you know the guys who are in the pros are pretty good about coming back during their bye week. Obviously, you guys have Josh Allen down there, and Josh Allen's been back every single bye week. So. Um, oh. So, when uh, you're sh- when you're shoved to London every year for a home game, your bye week <laughs> is easily predictable. Uh, so ours is week ten. So whoever Kentucky is playing that week, I can promise you, Luke will be in the house. I probably yeah, him and Josh will probably be there together. So it- it's always fun seeing the NFL guys come back, and uh, you know Josh has been really good about that. So I'm sure Luke will be just as good. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, I- I'm very grateful for for Aaron coming on. He's from Cat's Paws, twenty four seven Wildcats. Uh, he's their beat writer, and uh, thank you very much again. You got it, guys. All righty. Well, with that, I will bid you all adieu. Thank you, guys, as always, and uh, do Volta Weepod.